Lord, we thank you. We thank you for great grace. We thank you for tender mercies. We thank you, O oh God, for your love. Your love should have brought in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Lord, continue to sustain us and keep us and guide us, mold us, make us, fashion us, O oh God, into your own image. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, O oh God. Lord, we look to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, continue to strengthen us. Speak to us, oh God. Oh, God, give us your words. You see, Lord, our ways are not your ways. Neither our thoughts, your thoughts. But Father, search us, mold us, make us. See if there be any wicked ways in us, my God. In the name of Jesus, we commit ourselves unto you. Father, continue, Lord. Continue to build us up in our most holy faith. Teach us to pray in the Holy Spirit, my God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, O God. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in our midst. Oh, we look to you right now. You are our keeper. You are our shade upon our right hand. Lord, you have not caused the sun to smite us by day, nor the moon by night. Ah, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Oh, God of all grace. Have your way. Have your way, oh God. Send your anointing, we pray. Anoint us, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit fill this place. Fill our temples, my God. Touch each and every one of those who call on your name. Touch everyone who look to you, my God. Lord, we thank you for what you have taught us even over these years. We thank you that you remain the same forever. You change not, my God, my God. Lord, we bring before you all the people of God. Strengthen and weakness, my God. Oh, we thank you. Remove fear and distrust, my God, in the name of Jesus. Instill obedience in us, O oh God. <coughs> Help us to see the danger afar. Give us eyes to see, O oh God, minds to understand, a heart to follow you, a heart to do the things you require of us. In the name of Jesus. Remember your ministering servants everywhere, my God who call upon your name out of a pure heart in the name of Jesus. Lord, as these storm clouds hover and these winds blow and these swords, my God, go through the land, Father, we pray that you would be merciful to your people. You've sealed us with the Holy Ghost, my God. Hallelujah. Father, we bring before you all those, Lord, who are afflicted and affected by current events and events past and events yet to come. Father, we pray that you would draw those whom you would in the name of Jesus. Remember those who rejected your word. Remember those 
who are stubborn, those who are disobedient, those who have their own thoughts and their own ways, their own agenda. My God, we bring them before you, asking for your mercy. Lord, in this ministry of reconciliation, we pray for the repentance of the nation. Lord, remember the kings and those in authority. We pray, dear God, that you would bring them to the place that they understand. Oh, that they may know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. We pray for kings and all in authority, my God, that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives. Father, remember all those who are on the front line. In the name of Jesus. Father, as we continue to study your word, look into your word, open our understanding, open our minds that we may know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we praise you. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, O God, thy will be done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pleasant good morning to you, you and you. Brother Brown here this morning, and it's good to be back in New Week. It's good to be back with this holy nation, this royal priesthood, <coughs> this nation of kings and priests, and it truly is a privilege to be here with you. I thank God for your dedication and your faithfulness. It's required. The Bible says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Today is Monday, the 30th day of March in 2020, and this is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program. We study the book of Acts and we are up to chapter 21. We thank and praise God for you and the journey we've taken so far. Our topic today, I am ready not to be bound only but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Just the Apostle Paul was a man of convictions. And he was convinced on the Damascus road that the Lord whom he sought is Jesus. Paul had said on the Damascus road, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord answered, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And Paul had come full circle. Paul had come to the place where it was prophesied, it was testified, it was told to him that he would be bound in Jerusalem. And there were some that tried to persuade him not to go there. But Paul expressed his heart's desire and his conviction, I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. As I've said to you in times past, there are those that would seek to bind you both physically and spiritually, bring you under their domain, but you have to be ready. You have to be ready. That the bondage that you go to and through is for the name of the Lord Jesus. Your proclamation of the name. You're standing up for the name of Jesus Christ. Then you can be ready not to be bound only, but also to die wherever it may be for the name of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 14, the Lord spoke through the writings of the, I would say, the Apostle Luke, 
Acts chapter 14, verse 16, God, yes, who in times past suffered all nations, Acts chapter 14, verse 16, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good, and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. As we've oftentimes said to you, that when God chose Israel, he allowed all the other nations to walk in their own ways. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But that was in times past. When Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead, he commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and teach all nations. Now they were going to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith they are called. The walk of the believer now. Now is the time for the walk of the believer. When trouble comes, when circumstances are out of control, it is a time that the believers should walk worthy of the vocation wherewith they are called. So while God had allowed the different nations to walk in their own ways in times past. Now we have an obligation, yes, we have an obligation to walk according to the principles of the doctrine of Christ. We have an obligation to abide in the apostles' doctrine. We are obligated to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and they will glorify the Father which is in heaven. We ought to be careful of our behaviors, our words, because now we are lit. We are that candlestick. We are lit, <coughs> a candlestick that the whole world, the world in darkness may see. Our text today comes from Acts chapter 21. Let's go right there. And it came to pass that after we were gotten from them and at launch, we came with a straight course unto Kus, and the day following unto Rhodes, and from thence unto Patara, and finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. It must be remembered that Paul had instructed others to go ahead of him. He had gone by foot later. He joined the vessel and now they were headed towards Jerusalem. It came to pass after he had left those people in Asia, they launched, came with a straight course onto Kus. So as I mentioned to you, we note the various places that these men Witness testified in their travels on their missionary journey in this course. So it's imperative that we recognize some of these places that we may know where the gospel was preached and also where the origins of the Gentile churches took place. It came to pass that after we had gotten from them, and at launch, we came with a straight course unto Kos, and the day following unto Rhodes, and from thence unto Patara. And finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. So they transferred from one vessel unto the next. I told you before that there is a liberty in the body of Christ that as you go, you would go in various places, you would testify and you would move on. You were taught for all these years. I believe, I hope so. I hope you learned something while you sat there. You were being taught. Now is the time to share that which you were taught with others. Now is the time when many buildings are closed. The believers are on the outside. And you have the obligation as you go about your chores, being obedient to the restrictions that are in place, you would speak the word of Jesus Christ to whomever you meet. There was a time when the church would dictate how witnessing should be done. Everybody would gather together and put on the same color shirt and they would walk and they would tell whomever they meet as a flock or as a group and they would say, oh, we witnessing. 
But now we have different conditions and different situations. It is now up to that individual believer, having studied, having learned in the church, as you go about your task to speak about the goodness of Jesus. He that desireth friends must first show himself friendly. We can show ourselves friendly to many that are in desperate streets right now. This is a great opportunity to share the word of God. In verse 3 tells us, Now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unlaid her burden. So when they found Cyprus, they departed from there, leaving it on the left hand side of the vessel and sailed into Syria and they landed at Tyre. And the ship was going to be unloaded there. So the vessel that they took had to lay the burden that they carried the cargo, leave it entire, and the disciples had to seek another ship. And finding disciples, they found some disciples entire. We tarried there seven days. Word tells us, that we should show hospitality one to another. And Paul and the rest of his team found disciples in Tyre. They stayed there seven days. Oh, today you go someplace and you show up seven times. Folk want to know when you're going to take right and no fellowship. They want you to remain wherever you are, regardless of where the Lord had sent you. They stayed there seven days who said to Paul through the Spirit, these disciples spoke to Paul through the Spirit, telling him that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Now the Spirit was bearing witness to Paul, letting him know the dictates of the Spirit, the mind of the Spirit. So these disciples told Paul that he should not go up to Jerusalem. So when we had accomplished those days, they completed the seven days, we departed, and went our way, and they all brought us on our way with their wives and children till we were out of the city, and we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. Beloved, my dearly beloved, my joy, my crown, you can pray, preach, testify, witness wherever you are. You don't have to be confined by buildings. Here, Paul was among brethren. They had brought him on his way, and they kneeled down on the shore. My wife and I, we are lovers of the things that God has made. We see the beauty of nature, the birds, the bees, the seas, the fishes, the fowl, and we would observe the handiwork of God. And we oftentimes would resort to the shore. We would pray. We would preach. We would talk, we would eat, and this is what the church did. They kneeled down on the shore and they prayed. And when we had taken our leave one of another, oh, they had liberty to come and to go. They were able to come into that city and leave from that city, nobody was binding them in that city. When we had taken our leave one of another, we took ship, they took another ship, and the people, they returned to their homes. That was where they abode entire. But Paul and his team were passing through, headed towards Jerusalem. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Ptolemais, and saluted the brethren and abode with them one day. It's important to understand that as you do the work of the Lord, there are times you will spend three years in one place, three weeks, three days, and at times even one day because you have a task to complete, you have a course to finish. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. So when they had left 
Tyre. They came to Ptolemais. They greeted the brethren and stayed with them one day. The following day, the company, those who were of Paul's company, left. They went to Caesarea, entered into the house of Philip. He was one of the seven deacons. You remember Stephen, who was stoned to death. Paul, being present at the stoning, consenting. Philip was one of those seven deacons, and they abode with him. Now, beloved, listen to this. The same man had four daughters. Philip had four daughters, virgins. They were unmarried, which did prophesy. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They were in their father's house, subject to the rules of their father. The same man had four daughters, virgins. Who is virgins? Which did prophesy. I know there are some foolish virgins running around with lamps without oil. See, they prophesying in darkness, but lacking the equipment and the tool to do so. But Philip had four daughters who were virgins, and they did prophesy they were in their father's house, subject to the rules and the regulations of their father. Now, Philip was an evangelist. Today, you look around and if a man says he's an evangelist, folks start looking at him out of the corner of their eyes. Why? Certain terms have been appropriated, taken over by the feminist movement. You have a whole bunch of feminists who have grabbed onto certain terms and uh, used these to exercise their own ways and their own conduct, their own behaviors. And try to bring that spirit into the church. But Philip had four daughters who were virgins in their father's house, which did prophesied. And as we tarried there many days, they came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. So in the house of Philip, they stayed a few more days. And uh, a prophet came from Judea named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle. And bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now the prophets that we see today, they don't prophesy like that. They devise cunning, crafty arguments. They don't go take like somebody's coat that is hanging on the coat rack. And say, whoever coat this is, here's what's going to happen. And then it come to pass. No, no, no. Beloved, you ought to be on your guard. Many false prophets are going out into the world. Running around from here to the about they prophesying. With their spirit of divination. But look at what the prophet did. He took Paul's girdle. Bound his own hands and feet. And said thus say the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem. He told. Whoever girl this is. Who's going to do it. Where it's going to be done. And what is going to be done with the individual. Not these false prophets. They do and say the things they do, fulfill to Luca. And many are deceived by them because they are of simple minds. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. So we see the Lord sending warnings to Paul, telling him not to go to Jerusalem. Telling him what would happen to him. The Lord had designated him for Rome. Telling him that he was going to go to Rome. <laughs> But Paul had a determination. They besought him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and break my heart? Why are you weeping? Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? He said, For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul expressed his convictions 
He was human. Yes, he had the Holy Spirit. But God had designated that he would stand before kings and rulers. He would testify of the Lord in Rome. Now, Paul said he was ready to die at Jerusalem. If Paul died at Jerusalem, then what God had said to him would not come to pass. So Paul was expressing his own human desire to go to Jerusalem, but he was going to testify of the name of the Lord. But the Lord was planning a trip for him. <laughs> Let me share something with you, brethren. Oftentimes people don't understand that it is a coming together of the different wills that produces the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord is set. His will be done. But you pushing on me, me pushing back on you, and different ones pushing on each other, the outcome is what God had determined. And when he would not be persuaded, they try to persuade Paul, we cease saying, listen to this, the will of the Lord be done. A lot of times people don't understand and know God's will. The Lord had hardened Paul's heart that he wanted to go to Jerusalem, was determined to go there, but he was told what would happen once he got there. When he would not be persuaded, we cease, we stop. You got to know when to stop. And we said, the will of the Lord be done. That ought to be the refrain of all of our lives, that the will of the Lord be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. Because the outcome, what will transpire later, is predicated upon what we do now. And after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. So later, they took up their baggage, the things that they had, and they went to Jerusalem. They went up, there went up with us, also certain of the disciples of Caesarea. They were accompanied by some from Caesarea and brought with them one Emnesson of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. So some of Caesarea accompanied the apostolic team, yes, to Jerusalem, and brought an older disciple, Emnesson of Cyprus, as the one that would show and extend the hospitality to the team. And when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry, by his service. So they went up to Jerusalem. They had fellowship. Remember, they had given him previously the right hand of fellowship. And now he was back. You see, you get the right hand of fellowship when you're leaving. So you're free to go wherever the Lord sent you or wherever the Lord sends you. But you know that you're welcome back. Now, if you're leaving someplace and they don't give the right to the fellowship, they tell you, we don't want you back. The right hands of fellowship is given that you may go, not to bind you. Now, you have the false prophets who will say, oh, we're going to give you the right to the fellowship and you belong here. They do it to bind you and in the word of God deceitfully to deceive you, telling you you belong to that place. But not so with the right hand of fellowship. The right hand of fellowship was given. You read it. Galatians 2 verse 9 was given that they may go. So here they had returned of their own free will. Whom the son said free is free indeed. When we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. The day following, Paul went in with us unto James, the brother of our Lord. James, the brother of John, was beheaded by Herod. This was another James. This James was the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, when he had greeted them, he declared what things God had done and had wrought among the Gentiles through his service. 
Don't be deceived by words, beloved. <coughs> Different ones will use words, minister, and things like that to manipulate, control, and to profit from. But to minister is to serve. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. My, my, my. Let me read that one more time. When they heard what Paul had to say, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, they call him brother. Who would ever dare you now to call one of these men or women, stand up in a brother or sister? They will put you in their place. In fact, one time I said to a brother, uh, Bishop, oh wait, not Bishop, Apostle. I was like, excuse me? He was like, Call me Bishop, not Bishop Apostle. I was like, Apostle. Amen. Paul, they called him brother. He was their brother. They didn't seek lordship over him, nor he over them. They were all brethren, like the Lord had said. Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe. And they are all zealous of the law. In the book of Revelation, it tells us that 12,000 of the tribes would be saved. 12,000 from Judah, 12,000 from Reuben, 12,000 from Simeon, 12,000 from Benjamin. So thousands of Jews were there who believed. However, they were all zealous of the law. That was their background. That was their custom. They were in a transition generation. They were taught from birth concerning the laws of Moses. They grew up in the traditions of the father, of the fathers. They did not have Damascus Road experiences, and they were zealous about the law. Thousands of them, but they believed in Jesus Christ. That's why Peter was the apostle to the circumcision as Paul was to the uncircumcision. Now James continued by saying, They are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, seeing that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. The word that tells us we should give custom to whom custom is due, tribute to whom tribute is due, honor to whom honor. And that was their custom, to circumcise, to walk after the laws of Moses. Now James was saying to Paul that these people had heard you teaching among the Gentiles that the Jews need not circumcise their children nor follow the customs. Then James asked, what is it there for? What should we do? The multitude must needs come together. For they will hear that thou art come. So James had a dilemma. Paul had taught the new covenant, the liberty of Christ, but some were still held in the traditions and customs of the fathers. So there was a coming together, a resolution of the things that they had to adopt and present. So James said, Do therefore this that we say to thee. We have four men which have a vow on them. Take them and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads and all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing, but that thou thyself also walkest orderly and keepest the law. So he decided to come up with a compromise that he believed would satisfy the people, that he might pacify the people and retain Paul in fellowship. He said, Do therefore this that we say unto thee. We are four men, they have a vow on them, take them, purify thyself with them, help them out with the expenses that they may shave their heads and then everybody will know that the things they heard concerning you 
are nothing, but that thou thyself also walkest orderly and keepest the law. So he was trying to find a solution to a problem Jesus had already solved, given rules and regulations that all must come into the grace of God. The law was given by Moses. They had crucified Jesus because he taught and spake grace. Now James had some concern and he tried to find another solution. Many times we as men will try to find a solution to situations that are difficult, but we must trust the Lord. Let's see how it turned out. James continued by saying, as touching the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing. Save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and from fornication. So there are four requirements concerning Gentile believers walking in the grace of God. And those four are that they keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood. Nowadays, folk want to go get blood all over the place. But the church was instructed Keep itself from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from fornication. So James presented a solution to Paul, one he thought would work. He didn't say the Holy Ghost. He was offering something from his mind, from his position, that he believed would have alleviated the situation. So Paul went along with them. Then Paul took the men. The Holy Ghost, I told him, if you go up there, you're going to be bound, cast into prison. Here's what's going to happen to you. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that an offering should be made for every one of them. And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews, which were of Asia, remember the Lord, I told him not to go into Asia. When they saw him in the temple, some of them had come up to Jerusalem, they stirred up the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and the law and this place and further brought Greeks also into the temple and had polluted this holy place. So James tried to have a Christian group of brethren a Christian group of Jews adhering to the law, believing in Christ. But you had Jews who did not believe in Christ, who held on to the law and their customs and their traditions. And they now saw Paul. They began to cry out for help, saying, This man stirred up people, teach men not to keep the law, teach against the temple, brought Greeks into the temple, and as they say, had polluted this holy place. Now, this was before AD 70. This was before AD 70. The temple was not yet destroyed. So they saw Paul, and they said he brought Greeks into the temple, and they stirred up the people against him. This was prior to AD 70 when the temple was destroyed. And all the city was moved. Now you must remember the city comprised both believers and unbelievers, both Jews and Christians. And all the city was moved and the people ran together and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple. And forthwith the doors were shut. Just like Jesus had departed from the temple. They took Paul, drew him out of the temple, and they shut the door. And as they went about to kill him, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They were talking about keeping up the law. The Lord said, thou shalt not kill. But here it was. They drew him out of the temple and were about to kill him. We see the hypocrisy of many in the things that they do. They regard their buildings and their places of worship, the assemblies, more than they do the life of men. They would take care of that place and they would take you and crucify you and kill you for the name of Jesus Christ. And as they went about to kill him, tidings came unto the chief captain. Now, in this earth, God have 
different spheres, different rules, different kingdoms. The kingdom of men is here. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of animals, different kingdoms. And you have to those in this earth to whom is given the responsibility for law and order. And as they went about to kill him, they were going to create a situation where blood was going to be shed. There was going to be wrath, anger, animosity, maybe even fighting on both sides. Tidings came, news came to the chief captain of the band, the soldiers, the National Guard, or whomever, that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. Who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down onto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating off Paul. So here came the soldiers and the centurions and these people beating Paul. And they saw the soldiers coming and they left. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains. Fulfilling the prophecies that were uttered concerning him. And demanded who he was. And when he and what he had done. So the chief captain responsible for law and order came to Paul, bound him with chains, wanting to know his identity and what he had done. And some cried one thing. And some another among the multitude there was they didn't even know what he had done. They didn't even know what he had said. But there's one thing about a crowd. Whenever a situation arises and people get stirred up in their spirit, aggravation and irritated minds and stirred up minds will begin to act in ways that are unpleasant. Ways that are not pleasing to God. And this is what transpired. They began to seek to kill Paul. The captain wanted to know what he had done. He commanded that he be carried into the castle, deliver him from them. And when he came up on the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. For the multitude followed after crying away with him. We have to be very careful that we don't allow our behaviors, the things we do, to cause uproar and destruction, violence and the injury to man and others. And that was the responsibility of the forces of law and order. We as Christians must abide, obey every ordinance of men, for our rulers are not a terror unto good works, but they correct the disobedient. And as Paul was led into the castle, he said to the chief captain, May I speak unto thee? Who said, Canst thou speak Greek? Art not thou that Egyptian which before these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness for a thousand men that were murderers? So he did not know who Paul was. He did not know that Paul could speak Greek. And he was speaking to an individual of Grecian heritage and Paul spoke to him. This man Ask if Paul was the Egyptian that led 4,000 men into the wilderness and made an uproar. But Paul said, I'm a man which I'm a Jew. I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. So he sought the privilege of speaking to the people from the captain, the chief captain. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs. Paul was now allowed to speak and beckoned with the hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue. So he sought permission, received it, and then spoke. Beloved, we as the church must understand and recognize the duty of the officials the individuals that are set in place for the maintenance of law and order and right conduct in the city. 
And we must be sure that we operate according to the principles that Jesus laid out. The centurion had said to Jesus, I am a man also under authority. He recognized the authority of Jesus Christ. Don't go around feeling that your authority is the only authority in this earth. Jesus being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And here Paul was now in a situation, he sought the right to speak, he asked. When it was given to him, he stood on the stairs, beckoned with his hands. When there was silence, all things must be done decently. No, you can't have everybody speaking at the same time. It's chaos. People will think you're mad, that you are barbarians. He speak unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, we jump to chapter 22, verse 1, Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I now make unto you. He was now about to present his arguments to them. He was now about to make his defense. We will continue tomorrow with chapter 22, Lord willing. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you today thanking you, O oh God, for your word. Your word that we have hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Give us wisdom, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, to understand our place in society. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, else, else would my servants fight. Help us to recognize our role. The one that we play is in obedience to those who are set in authority in this world while we continue to let our light so shine. Yes, Paul was willing to go up to Jerusalem to be bound and to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. But Jesus had warned him every step of the way. The Spirit warned him, telling him what would happen. Lord, help us to be led by the Spirit that we do not cause uproar and chaos and turmoil in the land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The Bible tells us that we are ministers of reconciliation. You see, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And we beseech you, in Christ's stead, be reconciled unto God. So I'm going to step away from here that you might approach a throne of grace. You'll find help in a time of trouble. God bless you. Stop.
Amen. Come on home, beloved. Come on home, won't you? Won't you please? Please come home.